In today's episode of Board Game Impact, Josh and Bruce talk through all those games that they got for the holidays, uh, but actually getting them played, um, as well as other games from their collections. And then they dig into that new Wingspan expansion, uh, the European expansion. So stay tuned for that and so much more. Welcome to Board Game Impact. My name is Bruce Brown. This is Josh. And here at Board Game Impact, we are providing and breaking down gaming experiences that we're having through our educational lens and our passion for this hobby for you and your game group's benefit. So if that sounds like something of interest to you, make sure to just click subscribe while you do have that phone or other device still in your hand. Um, So in this episode, we're going to be doing something cool. Um, So in the last episode, we were talking about all the fun games we got from the holidays. Um, And now that we've had a little bit of time, and our students have been trickling back. We both work at universities. Um, we are able to now get to playing those games. Um, so that's really cool. But um, I just want to do a quick call out. And Josh, I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Um, but I just want to... if between this episode launching and the next episode after this one, I'm going to be going through what's called my qualifying exams for my PhD program. Um, so if you can just give me some like good vibes, I'd greatly appreciate that. Um, so I work full-time in education, but I'm also part-time working on the PhD besides doing this. So that would be of great help, please. <laughs> Absolutely, Bruce. And and you have all the well wishes of, of myself, my family, and I'm sure the listeners. So I I know what a hectic time and, and pain that that can be. And so um, best of luck to you. And I, I'm sure you're going to knock it out of the park. Appreciate that. So with that being said, I was able to cram in some games to play. And Josh, I know you were able to play a bunch of games as well. Um, and I'm really looking forward to playing games after the qualifying exam. I actually have a game night scheduled that night just to decompress. Um, so Josh, why don't we kick it off with what have you been playing? What's going on? Sure. So unfortunately, I have not had a chance to get any of the games I received for the holidays to the table (laughs) as of recording this definitely have some, um, packed away in my game bag for this weekend that, that I'm going to force upon (laughs) some uh, unsuspecting, uh, members of my game group. But the game that I wanted to talk about, because it's, it's another one of those games that, uh, I kickstarted a while back, I believe back in April, Um, came in right before the holidays and actually spent a good chunk of time over the holidays playing um, against my wife, and that is Rome by Red Raven Game. So for listeners, uh, we actually talked about Rome when it was being kickstarted back in April, uh, around about that time. And Rome is a smaller game by... Ryan Lockett of Red Raven Games, in which you are collecting people um, to into your village or your community. Uh, The way you're doing that is each character in front of you has like a little Tetris symbol on it. And when you activate that person, you put those Tetris pieces on land masses that are out in front of you that make up the game board. When you fill up one of those, uh, I think it's a three by two grid Mm -hmm. is each card. When a card is filled, whoever put the most pieces on it 
um, gets that card and on the backside of it is actually a new villager that you add to your village and they have a new kind of Tetris symbol that, that they can use when activated really neat little puzzle game. Uh, we've only played it two player. It plays pretty well at two player. I think it would probably play better with three to four, which is, is how it's designed to play. Um, but a really, really, really neat little game, you know, it takes probably 30 minutes or so, so we can knock out one or two, uh, two or three games in a evening, just sitting around and we've been having a lot of fun with it. That's a, I mean, Rome's a great game. Um, I did not back it on Kickstarter and honestly, I kind of kicking myself for that. Um, but I did play this at BGG. I went up to the Red Raven games booth and the demoer was there um, with Ryan and while they were also working on some stuff for Sleeping Gods, um, getting that ready, more playtesting. That's their new Kickstarter. It's going to be coming out soon. Uh, but Rome was a lot of fun. And one thing you didn't talk about, Josh, that I found really cool about it, though, was the equipment cards that you can kind of purchase. Um, mm-hmm. And I had one, I had a hammer at one point, and then I had a sword, um, which meant that I could replace, I could hammer time people. Um, and what that meant is I could get rid of one of their control tokens and put in one of mine instead. Um, yeah. So that was cool. There's, there's a lot of cool little layers of that puzzle going on. Yeah, yeah. There And there's um, the Kickstarter edition came with a little mini expansion, which, which we actually haven't started yet, that involves um, some little gym tiles. Um, so whenever you activate your character, you also have your little personal gym mat. And you place gym tokens on it. Hmm. And whenever you fill up a a section that that counts for a gym, you'll get some additional victory points. So I didn't talk about the the artifacts because we actually just got around to um, adding those in. One of the things I really like about it um, is it's a very easy game to teach and get into because you can kind of break it up into little learning chunks. You can have just like the very short introduction game. Then you add in the artifacts, then you add in the gym mats. And there's a couple other little mini, um, like modules that you can throw in there as well. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's a really nice little light game, um, to play at the end of the night. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I didn't realize you can layer that stuff out. That's a, just, I just love games that do that. Um, it actually, there's some really good TED talks on how the original Super Mario Brothers did that um, mm-hmm. through their game design. Um, I might put a link to I'll put a link to one of those in the show notes so that way you can check that out because it's a really cool TED talk um, about graphic design and influence on people. Um, so unlike yeah. you, Josh, but that's really exciting about Rome. Um, that's really cool. I didn't I have no Red Raven games spoiler to talk about in this one, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, except commenting on ones you maybe you played maybe. But all of my games are games I got from the holiday season. Um, I did have that opportunity. I'm Josh. I'm looking forward to hearing your opportunity um, to impose them on other people. Um, um, but I had the opportunity to impose them because I was also trying to get them played because I know I have this hiatus coming up of uh, focusing in on this qualifying exam because uh, it's important. 
Um, but the first one I've been able to play um, was actually Quacks of Quedlinburg. I've gotten to the stable a number of times. Um, I brought it to a pub and played it with some friends there, played it at home, and played it at another game day uh, down in Houston. Um, so Quacks uh, is put out by North Star Games, um, with designer Wolfgang Warsh. Uh, won the Kenner Spiel des Jahres of the um, Gamer Game of the Year a couple of years ago in 2018. Um, so big deal. Quacks is a really fun little bag building game um, in which you're trying to push your luck by drawing these little tokens out of your bag until, and there's one token that you do not want to see. It's the little white ones. And when you have a certain amount of those, your potion overflows and you're, you dumb busted. Um, and it takes place over nine rounds. And so you start out with not being able to do much. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you have a ton. And then you're trying to play the lottery game of, am I going to draw one of the things I don't want? I think I'm going to draw one of the things I do want, even though it's like one in 10. Um, <laughs> so it's fun, really fun game to play. Josh, I know you've played this one too. Yeah, no, Quacks is a great game. I picked up Quacks uh, over uh, a couple months ago and, and I've gotten to the table a couple times. It's not the most deep or complex games, but it's a ton of fun. I mean, just that push your luck aspect of, uh, you know, am I going to pull the next thing that I need or, or can I, you know, I've got a one in four chance. What do, do I think I can do it? And, you know, and then when you do bust, it's this kind of, ah, right. Everybody in the table is getting into it and having a good time. I think quacks is a great game. Um, really, really well designed. Um, and, and just a fun, fun little thing to do. And it doesn't, you know, for a game that plays over nine rounds, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't take that long. No, it's easy. Um, you know, I, I think this is a great addition to anybody's collection and I'm really glad that you've been enjoying it, Bruce. Yeah, I've been really enjoying it and, uh, everyone's having a lot of fun. So I'm excited about that. Um, speaking of fun, what other fun things have you been doing? Sure. So, I played a lot of games with my wife over the holidays. That's kind of what we, what we do when we have some downtime. So, um, this is actually a, a Christmas gift from last year. So 2018, uh, I got this gift and it had sat in shrink for <laughs> pretty much an entire year Well, <laughs> before I finally convinced my wife uh, to, to sit down and give it a shot. And that's Jaipur mm. uh, by Asmodee Games. Uh, and Jaipur is a two-player game. It is a game about trading in the Middle East, like all games. <laughs> but uh, this one, because it is a two-player game, you are you have cards out on the table and you're picking up cards and you're trying to set collect um, different types of cards that will then be able to play, which will earn you points. And then if you have a large enough collection, you'll earn some additional points. Um, you play three rounds and best of three wins. Uh, you know, again, another short light game. Um, but I, I honestly think this, this may be one of the best two player games that's out there. I know Bruce, we've, we've, talked a lot about war chest mm -hmm. and talk both on and off the podcast. And yep. those are, I think will always be my go-to games, but I, I definitely think Jaipur is something it, it's not quite as intense and strategic, 
there's definitely some strategy to it, but it's a little bit lighter and a little bit more fun and easier to just kind of toss down and, and play a couple games of. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, Jaipur is a game um, I actually put right there with Patchwork, another two-player game. Um, mm-hmm. Both of those games are games. If we're going to, my wife and I, and we're going to like a game cafe um, in Austin or somewhere else, and we don't have that long, and we just want to grab like a cup of coffee or a beverage and um, hang out for just a couple of quick minutes just to like de- like de-stress before going more shopping or things like that. Um, that's one of like the two games that I would pull down off the shelf um, for yeah. something that's quick but it's engaging and you feel fulfilled at the end of it. So it's cool. I'm glad you finally got it off the shelf. Shame. Yeah. (laughs) It was really funny. We, we played a couple of rounds, um, while we were at at her family's house in Connecticut. And as we were packing, she's, she turned to me and said, did you put that game in your carry on? Cause I want to try and play it on the plane. If we, if we're sitting next to each other, dang, that Um, is some bold. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we were, there was an aisle between us. We didn't get a chance to, but I thought it was pretty funny because my wife is not, um, that into gaming that, that she is, um, wanting to get something onto the fold out tables of, a of an airplane. Yeah. I mean, that's a good sign. You could have played in the aisle. I don't know how the, um, airline people would be happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Stewardess, stewardess might've been a little upset by that one. Yeah. Um, but that's a great sign that this game has had that kind of impact for her. That's really cool. Um, yeah. so Josh, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about the game that you and I both have been playing or do you want me to talk about the other one? You know, I've been holding off on that one. Yeah. Because I I think we're going to go on for it. So let's talk about the other one first. Okay. And listeners, this is us. It's like, hey, let's just negotiate right now. Um, This is authentically (laughs) us. Um, Okay. So the other game that I know you have not played because... You and I have some different gaming preferences along this vein. However, I think you'd like this one. I really do, because it's different. Um, This was another holiday gift again. All of my games are from my list. Um, But I got to play Starfarers of Catan. Um, So Starfarers of Catan is this much bigger box than base Catan. Yes, Sellers of Catan is put out by Catan Studios. But this one's in space. Um, it's really cool. It's a, it's a bigger board. It's actually a three by two puzzle piece board with, um, gaps missing where you'll put different planetary systems or open space or trade spaces. Um, but it's not like base Catan except for you roll the dice and you take the resources. If you happen to have a settlement or in this case, a colony or a spaceport, um, adjacent to a planet that gives XYZ resource. And if you roll a seven and you have more than seven cards in your hand, you lose half your hand rounded up, uh, rounded down. I'm sorry. Uh, besides that, that's really where the comparison between regular Catan and Starfares of Catan um, is um, like that's like they diverge from there. Um, and this one, it's really cool. You got these little spaceships that you can actually mount on your little ships uh, on your little colonies. It's called a colony ship and sail them around. So you're not building routes where the routes are permanent. No, you're really just ship like sending a ship off into the galaxy. Um, but you also have these about honestly, like seven inches tall, big plastic, pieces that are your quote-unquote mothership and inside of it it's got five little beads um and you 
to show your movement, how far you can move, you shake your ship and turn it over. And in the little bottom where the essentially the rocket part would be, would be two shows two balls and those two balls. You look at the colors and that tells you how fast you'd go. The cool thing it adds in, though, is there's one black ball in everybody's ship. If that black ball gets shown uh, when you have to roll, not roll, but shake your ship for your speed, then you actually get an event, and there's an event deck with these decision trees. Um, So it's like, you've encountered a merchant. Choose between zero and three resources that you're going to give them from your hand. Um, depending on how many resources you give, will give a different result. And but there's also cards that say you've the same thing of you've encountered a merchant. Choose between zero and three things. But surprise, it's actually a space pirate after you've made your choice. And do you want to attack? Yes, no. And so you've got decision trees of yes, no. And based on your decisions, different things happen to you or around you or to all the other players. Um, so brought it a lot more interaction between players, uh, sometimes a little bit of stress because of the events that come out. But I had a lot, a lot of fun because you can jump around the galaxy and um, some cool things happen that I'm not going to spoil for people. Um, This isn't a full review, but it was a really cool experience. Um, I don't know if it's a game I'm going to bring to game nights at like a pub because there's a lot of stuff. But I'm definitely going to be having some game nights at my house again. Um, or if we're doing one at somebody else's house, I'll be bringing it to that. It's a lot of fun. I'm curious what if you have any quick questions about it. Yeah. So, Bruce, there, there are a couple of things. So, A, I, I, I like the decision tree aspects. I, I think storytelling in a game is really amps it up for me a lot. I like that that piece being added in. Um We've talked about it on the show a couple times now. So I Catan is not my favorite game. Um, but this does sound significantly different um, to a point that I may be willing to give it a shot. There is one question that I think may make or break this for me, Bruce. Uh-oh. Yeah. Are there space sheep? There are no space sheep. Well, then I can't play this game, Bruce. <laughs> I know. Um, there are There's carbon. There are um, goods, um, which is like the most coveted one because they have a better trading ratio. There's, um, what is it, crystals, uh, jet fuel, and I'm forgetting the other one right now. Sorry, there are no space sheep. Mm. There are no mm. I know. Yeah, I, I think this is going to have to be a hard pass for yeah, me. Then, yeah, yeah that's, that makes sense. I get it. Um, <laughs> I get it. There's no space sheep. Um, I guess that'll be an expansion. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Apparently, we'll so this see. game is a reprint. It did come out in 1999, and it's notorious for having those same motherships, but they were kind of dilapidated, and you had to duct tape them together. Um, but mm. they were known for having some expansions back in the day. So we'll see if they do a space sheep expansion. Just for you, Josh. <laughs> well, Bruce, I, I'm glad that it sounds like you're enjoying this. Um, you know, perhaps some day down the road you'll you'll convince me to give it a shot um i do love a space theme uh so so you might be able to sucker me in on that one yeah and i will just in in summary this game created stories and experiences of stories um where it's not as much of like oh yeah i had fun playing that it created memorable created memorable experiences so that's what i'm really excited about it for um Yeah. yeah so with that all being said the one that we've been kind of holding off on talking about, because this is something that you and I both played, you and I both own now, 
and um, your wife likes it. My wife loves it. Um, They both love it. We all love it. Um, And so I'm going to let you do the intro to that because that's one heck of a lead up. Sure. If you have been a listener for a while now, you've probably guessed that we are going to talk about Wingspan. Uh, Specifically, though, Wingspan with the European expansion, which came out uh, towards the beginning of November um, or shipped towards the beginning of November. Um, Bruce mentioned in our last episode that that his wife picked up a copy of this expansion for him for for the holidays. I couldn't wait that long. I pre-ordered this the second stone Meyer said that it was coming and and jumped jumped on that one immediately so bruce let's start with your reaction i think we we know what my reaction to this is going to be but you tell me what were your thoughts on this expand well on wingspan as itself and and then what do you think the expansion adds to that Sure. So quick summary Wingspan. If you haven't played Wingspan, it just won the Kenner Spiel des Jahres this year um, for 2019. So congrats to them. Um, and Stonemeyer, like, and Elizabeth Hargraves for designing this amazing game for her first design. Um, Wingspan is a game in which you're going to have a hand of bird cards and you're going to spend resources to play those birds onto your tableau, either into your forest, your grasslands, or your water area. Um, that being said, um, you're essentially trying to build an engine building. It's an engine building game, um, through playing your birds and the different types of birds all synergize off of each other. Um, and it's really cool. You have some carnivores that do things or like feed on things. Um, if certain resources are out or, um, you have birds that can kind of hop around from different areas or birds that, are going to do things when other birds do things or laying different amounts of eggs and the number of eggs that are on a card um, are indicative of how many eggs that bird lays in the wildlife. Like they actually worked with the Audubon Society on this. Like it's crazy the amount of work that went into this game. Um, that all being said, I really enjoy Wingspan to begin with. Um, and I definitely think it's a game everybody would really, really enjoy. Um, that being said, I was, because I played it so much, because I played it so much, it was kind of getting samey a little bit, um, for me because the goals would be kind of the same every time, um, those kind of things. So the new expansion added in a whole new stack of bird cards, new goal cards, as well as new end of round tiles, um, that have nothing to do with the amount of birds and how many eggs they have on their cards. Um, as well as some new birds that you can lay sideways to cover up like two spots. So you can get a bit of more powerful engine with less birds, some birds that eat other birds. That's a thing. Um, is kind of cool. Um, I had a lot of fun with this, Josh. I had a lot of fun with the new expansion. I think it, the changing I, I was most excited for, and it proved itself for me, the new end-of-round scoring opportunities blew this thing into a whole new echelon for me because it no longer focuses on eggs on cards um, or eggs in certain types of nests. It, it made me, made everybody at the table diversify and look at different things, um, and brought so much new life into this besides these other cool bird cards and go, uh, and 
personal goals. So that's like the, in a nutshell feeling. And then we can talk about more about some of the stuff, but yeah. So yeah. What do you think about that? No, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head with a couple different things. Um, so wingspan is hands down my number one game of 2019. Um, I, absolutely adore this game it is um just just everything that i'm looking for in terms of just a light relaxing fun game that i can play with anyone at any time the european expansion just added more to love i would agree with you that i i've played this game a lot probably more than almost any other game in my collection except for maybe terraforming Mars at this point. Um, and that's a lot. I have only played it for a year now and, and I've, I've kind of been constantly bringing it back to the table. So the, the base game comes with a ton of bird cards, but it does become a little samey. A lot of them have similar powers and similar abilities. And so you can kind of identify based on your starting hand. This is the strategy that I'm going to take for this game. Adding in these new, not just new cards, but new mechanics and new ways of looking at bird cards, I think really brought, brought, some new life and some new interesting decisions into how I played this game. My, my, my favorite part of this was the inclusion of birds that scored or had their ability trigger at the end of a round. Yeah. I thought that was an absolutely wonderful idea of, of how to expand without, you know, the thing I love the most is I didn't have to teach anything new. You know, yep. the one thing that I had to teach that was new is I have to teach one more type of bird card. You have these blue cards that trigger at the end of the round versus the other cards that trigger at different points. It's a two second addition to my spiel of teaching this game. It is an expansion that I can play with someone who's played a hundred times and it's expansion that I can play with someone who's never played before. Yeah. And that's kind of what we did. Uh, we, we got this out while we were home, uh, visiting my wife's family and played with, um, my wife's brother and his partner who neither of them really play a lot of games. They play some, but not, not too many and had never played wingspan before. And they picked up on the expansion you know, they wouldn't have known that there was an expansion if we hadn't told them um, that this is new to us. Um, and, and you know, I think that is the sign of an exceptionally good expansion of something that brings joy to people who have been playing for a while while also being accessible to people who have been playing for for however long. Yeah. And so Josh, I don't know if you know this, but I actually listened to a, um, so Jamie Stegmeier, the owner of co-owner of Stonemeyer games does a weekly Wednesday, 10 AM central standard time, uh, Facebook live. And one of the most recent ones, he actually talked about the expansion. And so when you talk about Josh, I think you hit the nail on the head of 
it's not teaching anything new. Um, so the fact that the end of round, if you're using the friendly variant of the end of round scoring, that color is blue, which is the same color as on the card. So it's like, oh yeah, this makes sense. So if you're teaching somebody, it's the colors match. Um, that being said, a really cool mechanic or thing in the game is that the personal goal cards have a percentage of cards in the deck. It tells you how many cards in the deck correlate to that goal. Elizabeth worked really, really hard on the expansion so that with the new cards that were added in, kept the percentages from the base game percentages the same. So because you add in a whole stack of like a ton of new cards, the odds on your personal goal cards from the pre-expansion base game are the same. Like they didn't, you don't have, this is, this is an expansion that was not originally designed from the get-go. Um, but they put their heart and soul into it to make this like, this is now part of the base game and it's just going to be as approachable as everything else. No, I, I, and that, that was, I didn't listen to that interview or that, um, you know, Stonemeyer uh, update, um, I believe is how he, he phrases those, maybe something different. Anyway, um, but I was aware that that they had worked really hard to keep those percentages the same, and I think that that really shows just how much of a passion project this is for them. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think this was a really, really, really wonderfully done expansion, and, and I – if – if you're listening to this and you like Wingspan, go get the Euro expansion. Now, go back and listen to our last episode <laughs> yeah. um, as Bruce Careful. talks about his his wife's experience with the MSRP. And the same thing is happening with Wingspan still to this day. We're a year in and Wingspan still sells out within a day of a new print run um, and they just cannot keep up with it. So pay attention to the MSRPs wingspan should MSRP around 55 to $60. I mm-hmm. believe, um, the Euro expansion should MSRP around 25. Don't go spending $70 on the expansion or a hundred dollars on the base game. <laughs> my wife accidentally did that cause it was Amazon third party and she didn't know cause it was sold out. Um, so yeah. Josh, like, yeah, you're right. Uh, but let's actually get back to the focus of this episode. This was not a wingspan episode, but no. listeners, if you can't tell, like we had a lot of fun playing this thing. Um, and it's done a lot of cool things for our game groups and for us. And there's so much good, and going on and so much to love. Um, that being said, Josh, I know you have one more game on your list uh, for us to talk about today, but after that, I got to cut you off. Yeah, no. And and this one, this was a last minute addition here that I just wanted to give a shout out to. Um, we mentioned Elizabeth Hargrave and I actually um, just received her second game, which is uh, Tussie Mussie, I believe is how it's pronounced. I think it's Don't Tussie Mussie. Mussy, I'm not sure, um, by Button Shy Games. And this is a really, really neat little, and by little, I mean it comes in a pack the size of your wallet. Like a business um, card holder. Yeah, uh, which Button Shy Games, that's their whole thing, is is games that you can fit in your back pocket. Um, and Tussie Mussy is just a little kind of collection game uh it's got one main mechanic which is an eye cut you choose mechanic meaning whoever's turn it is draws the top two cards of the deck 
looks at them, puts one face up and one face down, and offers the choice to the next player um, in clockwise order of would you like the face up card or the face down card. Each card is a flower, and each flower will score differently based off of what it says. So as you are playing through, um, you're just collecting a, a bouquet of flowers. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Elizabeth loved it. I, I think this is another one that she did a really good job with. I think we're seeing the, the rise of a, of a pretty good um, game designer here. And and I just wanted to give a shout out to that. Like I said, a last minute addition. Um, Tussie Mussy, if you, uh, T-U-S-S-I-E, M-U-S-S-I-E, if you... Um, want to go look that up yep and listeners of course remember all the games that we talked about on the show are in the show notes so don't hesitate to look down there but we uh, made a promise to you that we're going to keep being these episodes short um josh with that being said any quick um wrap up things for our listeners no once again listeners thank you all so much for joining us letting us be a part of your gaming experience and really hope that that listening to us talk about our experiences um, uh, help you make some interesting game choices or, or give you an idea about what maybe sounds good for your game group um, but once again thank you so much we we always appreciate um, being a part of your experience yeah and so uh, we hope that listening to us is, is some helpful information for you and your game group um, because that's why we're doing this uh, we love giving back to this hobby we love helping and hearing from listeners on um, our thoughts on different games and experiences we're getting to have. So if there's any gaming experiences that you're really curious about, make sure to email us at boardgameimpact at gmail.com or send us a message on all of the social media things or tune into any of the live streams that I've been doing over on youtube.com slash boardgameimpact. Um, and you can find all about those things and more on our Patreon. Um, so patreon.com slash boardgameimpact. Um, and we just hope that you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to talking to you in another two weeks after I get through this qualifying exam. Um, so with all of that, um, just go out, have a lot of fun gaming and uh, go make a positive impact on the world. <laughs>